Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Bring, bring it back. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here today with a Southampton update from Sam Cox, who you can find over at Fresh Saints or on Twitter at Mr. Sam E. Cox. Uh, absolute pleasure having you on, especially for the first time um, in pretty uh, inspiring uh, form, I would assume, Mark Hughes. Uh, who, of course, was hired last season um, to try to keep you up and then did so. Uh, when he was hired for Southampton, a lot of people kind of raised their eyebrows considering uh, he had just left Stoke, who he had just put into relegation uh, position. What were your thoughts on the hire at the time? Well, at the, at the time, I think it was it was more of a case of um, anyone apart from Pellegrino. Um, I think we were, we were looked... We were looking pretty certain to go down. I think the, the way we were playing, there was no confidence in the side. And, uh, yeah, the, the, a change was needed. And when you change a manager with only eight games left of the season, you're, you're not going to get anyone who's already in a job. So, obviously, we had to look at those out of, of management. And, and the criteria was someone with Premier League experience. And although, as you say, at Stoke, he, he left them you know, near the near the foot of the table, I think he, he fit the bill Perfectly, and I think he's had a track record in in certain uh, to a certain extent of of getting teams out of danger. So, at the time, it was uh, it was more of a relief that Pellegrino had gone, and the fact that Hughes had some some Premier League experience under his belt, I think it it made sense. Um, obviously, there's always a worry when you when you appoint a manager uh, of of sort of Hughes's um of his of his ability, because of course he was sacked at, at um, QPR and Stoke. Um, but at the time, as I said, I think we were just happy to have someone in with who appeared to have a, to have a, a safe pair of hands. Yeah, it seemed the turning point for your for your staying up, or it may have officially made you safe, uh, was that win against Swansea, mm-hmm. um, which both of you needed to win to really ensure your safety. Um, how much of that win did you put down at Hughes's feet, or, or did you think there was kind of a natural turnaround coming? Um, to be honest, looking back on it, I think. There was an upturn in form. Saints did look uh, a lot better going forward um, in in the games that Hughes was in charge. But I think it also we were also aided by sort of Swansea's capitulation towards the end of the season. Um, if they hadn't lost to to Bournemouth and then of, of course going into the game against us um, and and which we managed to win, I think obviously Swansea could have been could have been clear before that game um, was even played. But as you say, I think that game. I, I can't recall any uh, many times where there's been a relegation shootout, you know, in the penultimate game of the season, quite like that. 
And um, I think I think um, Hughes's experience probably helped that situation more than perhaps Carlos Carvajal's at the time. Um, but as you said, it's just one of those games which which is almost a one-off in your season, and we were we were sort of fortunate to to get the result. Um, Swansea, as I said, sort of capitulated towards the end of the season, and they were they they appeared to be on a a lower trajectory than we were, and and we managed to to nick the nick the game, and Gabbiadini popped up with a with a crucial goal. Um, what helped Hughes was Bednarek having to come off injured, was forced off um, injured, and 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 Hughes, and so that was an opportunity to bring on an extra striker, and uh, yeah, that uh, that striker was Gabbiadini, and uh, he popped up with a crucial goal. Which hasn't been said too often of Gabbiadini, but (laughs) at the time, obviously, as you say, a very important goal. Um, So then you stay up, you head into the summer, and uh, you make some pretty interesting signings. I liked the Vestergaard one. I know others were a little bit more um, cynical about that one. El Unisi, very good. Ings was needed to be brought in because you've been struggling up front for years, whether it be because Charlie Austin was hurt or because you kept signing strikers like Carrillo or Gabbiadini, who had never scored more than like six goals in a season. Um, oftentimes when a manager is sacked this early, it comes down to poor summer business. But I didn't feel that was the case for you, did you? Um, yes and no, as, as you alluded to with the with the Carrillo deal, I think the Dannings signing was was great. Um, a local lad who knows the club and, and has, uh, if you keep him fit, he scores goals. Um, um, but as you say, I think the reinvestment of the the Van Dyke money that we got was was wasted. He said twenty million on Carrillo. Um and I think it's shown that our, our former director of football and, and vice chairman Les Reed was also sacked a few weeks before Hughes, who was in charge of the transfers, in charge of the managerial appointments. And um, Hughes came out and said after Les Reed was sacked that he had no input on the on the transfers in the summer. And um, I think that showed because there's been times this season where where all of our summer signings have been on the bench. And Mark Hughes has opted for the players who who were battling relegation last season. So um, I, I think in terms of the signings, as Hugh said, he didn't have too much of an input. I think that's not the case. I just think that the way it, it panned out in terms of, as you said, um, the lack of goals and and not being able to keep leads, I, I think it was a different issue towards the transfers why why Hughes got the sack. Yeah, obviously also the departure of Dusan Tadic, which was not mm-hmm. particularly received well, although it was always strange to me how inconsistently he was played yeah. um, by a, a number of managers. So at, at a certain point, you have to ask what's going on with the player if that many different mm-hmm. managers don't feel that they can trust him every single week. This season, uh, you are fifth in chances created, seventh in shots on target, but 17th in goals. Do you think that if you had kept Hughes, things would have kind of normalized again, that things would have improved under him? Or do you feel that the change was needed? Um, personally, I think the change was needed. I think, um, as, you, as you allude to those stats there, it, it, under Hughes, it's not obviously been the problem of creating chances. It's been putting the ball on the back of the net, which isn't entirely down to Mark Hughes. It's about personnel. And, um, yeah, it is, a, it is an odd one hearing those stats because... For, for many games this season, we just haven't looked like scoring. We've got the chances and we, we create half chances, but for some reason we just couldn't couldn't put the ball in the net. And um, yeah, I just think at this moment in time, after a loss to after the loss to Fulham um, and and a, and a point against Manchester United, which we were two 0 up in, I think it was just I think it's about the right time, especially with the game against Tottenham uh, on Wednesday and then a, a massive game against Cardiff on the weekend. 
Yeah, and then as we kind of close this um, Mark Hughes era, it ends with the draw against Manchester United, which seemingly would be a good result, and kind of like what happened with Jokanovic at Fulham, where they finally started playing well against Liverpool. It seems an odd timing to shift them out. Do you think that this was kind of already decided going into this match? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think the Fulham game, I think the result against Fulham, 3-2 defeat, was. I think that decided his fate, to be honest. And I think... If you say to a manager, you have to get three points in your next match, it doesn't matter who that is if you haven't been able to pick up the points from the teams around you, regardless if it's Manchester United or, or Manchester City. And the fact we're also 2-0 up in the game, uh, we threw it away with, with 15 minutes to go of the, of the first half. I think that just um, I think that just cemented the uh, the uh, decision for the, for the board. And uh, yeah, as you say, I think uh, the Fulham result, the defeat, especially when we were in the lead in that game as well, uh, I think that was a that was a decision made after Fulham. Interesting stuff. Uh, with him now gone, what were your best and worst memories under Mark Hughes? Best memory for sure is the Swansea the Swansea game. Um, I've, I've I attended the match and uh, just I've not seen uh, celebrations like that for a goal for Saints for for a long while. I don't think I've to be honest, I don't really think I've ever seen scenes like that and. Uh, it was just a fantastic game and uh, the jubilation at full time was something I'll, uh, I'll always remember. Um, worst memory, probably, I think Fulham would be up there because um, not, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful towards Fulham, but I thought they were there for the taking and, and, and we, and we came away with no points. Um, and also the continual excuses from Hughes post-match. Um, he always used to find a, a way of, passing the blame or, or having an excuse for why we weren't performing where in in in, uh, in reality um it was down to, to saying it's not being good enough all right well out he goes not officially confirmed yet but a lot of people reporting that Rife hassan will be your next manager and at the first glance it seems to be a very good fit typically plays a 4-2-2-2 and up front is where i think things are really interesting because he tends to play big and little it was Paulson and Timo Werner, at least in the good year, um, <laughs> for uh, RB Leipzig. And it seems like you could kind of duplicate that with Austin and Ings. Yeah, I think so. I'm, 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 I'm quietly uh, optimistic about the appointment. Um, but as you say, I think the goal scoring, as, as the stats you read off earlier, um, the goal scoring has been an issue. And if he's got a, a, an, a designated or, a, or a, a tactic to stick by for, for strikers and yeah I'm quite uh, quite confident and, and quite excited about the prospect I think we've got as you say with the, the big and small small strikers we've got as you say Danny Ings and can play that role but also uh, the youngster Michael Oberfemi who's come in in the past few games and looked, yeah. looked quite sharp and looks quite a raw talent who can definitely um, definitely fit well in that system as you say Austin hasn't had the best year of late and, and perhaps in a role alongside another striker will, will benefit as well yeah, then obviously in a four-two-two-two, there's lots of pairings of twos. The central midfield one is interesting because typically you have one player kind of sitting back almost in front of the center backs. You'd assume that would be Lamina. But who do you think would pair best next to him? Would it be Ward Prowse or would it be Hoiberg or uh, best player in the Premier League right now, Stuart Armstrong? <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing because, as you say, Armstrong has been our informed player for the past past two games and he's been playing sort of uh, in behind the striker in a, in a sort of 4-3-3, 4 formation that Hughes, is, um, Hughes implemented in his last couple of games. Um, I think we've got options if, if he goes with that um, formation, which is something, uh, 
we have really had. Um, I think at the moment, Hoiberg and Lamina have proven to be uh, a good midfield pairing um, for, for the season. I think they both sort of um, highlight and complement each other's strength, strengths and weaknesses. Um, as you as you said before as well with Ward-Prowse, um, I'm a fan of Ward-Prowse. I think he's got qualities there and I just think he needs a good run in the side. And in in the, in this um formation and in, in this system I think he could flourish I think he's a a player with with potential um still I know he's in his almost coming up to his mid mid 20s now but I still think there's potential to be unearthed there and um yeah I think with this new manager I think he could um really flourish in the system but as you say with with the defensive midfielder as well we've got Oriol Romeo who can come in and, and fill that yeah gap as well instead of Lamina so as you say he's going to come in and if he implements the 4-2-2-2 then he's got a, a, a wide range of options in that in that midfield pairing yeah aside from those guys are, are there any players in particular that you think will benefit or maybe struggle under the new manager or new system I think Arianusi will benefit um we've we've seen him not too regularly this season when we have he's sort of flat to the seam really um as he adapts to this division um Funnily enough, I was I was watching the Manchester City documentary um, the other day, and Arianusi um, was playing the game against Basel, and he scored at the Etihad, and he looked like a, a completely different player to the one we've seen so far this season. So, um, with a manager coming from from the German division, um, I think he'll benefit. Um, players who might struggle, I'm just trying to think now. Um, I think Redmond's played well this season. He's probably been our outstanding player. It'd be interesting to see if he'll fit into this, um, how he'll fit into the system because Hughes has been opted to play him sort of leading the uh, leading the line or sitting behind Obafemi. He especially did it against Manchester United. So I think it'd be interesting to see how he fits into the situa- uh, situation and system. Cool. Well, it'll certainly be very interesting. How do you think your expectations for the season will change? Is it simply just staying up? Is it just seeing a more exciting brand of football? I think so. I think it has to be. I think it has to be just staying up. Uh, last season, we finished 17th. Um, I was quite optimistic about the season starting um, in pre-season and uh, probably got a little bit carried away with myself and thought we'd finish higher than than we probably should have been expecting. But as you say, at this moment in time, we sit in the bottom three. We're only one point off the off the off bottom of the Premier League. So I think our expectation this season has to be staying up. But whilst um, playing a a nice, attractive brand of football, um, as long as it gets the job done so far. But I think that's what um, the new manager will bring. Um, as you say, I think the expectation has to be just to stay up, but also be competitive in, in games against teams against the top six, because that's something we haven't really done in the past two seasons. Yeah, well, certainly uh, good luck. Maybe not this weekend. I do happen to be a Tottenham fan, but after <laughs> that, uh, it'll certainly be interesting. Um, on the uh, even larger scale than that, Hasenhutl and RB Leipzig in particular both tended to focus on young players and growing them through, which seems a lot more in line with the long-term ethos of Southampton. Are you excited to see that return in your manager's eyes as well as maybe a redevelopment of that within the club? Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Um, as I said, the, the the two players who've come in recently has been Jan Valery and, and Michael Obafemi um, from the academy. But, but apart from then, we've seen players shipped out on loan like uh, Josh Sims and, and Harrison Reed have both gone out on loan this season when I thought they probably could have done a job for us in the Premier League um, this campaign. Um, under uh, Mauricio Pochettino, we did see an emergence of youth team players. 
uh, Luke Shaw came through, Callum Chambers, and and when Ronald Koeman came in, that 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 almost stopped. Um, we saw less and less youth team players be used, um, and it probably um, stumped the growth of of certain youth team players. Um, Claude Puel came in, and, and we saw Josh Sims make his debut, um, but then since Pellegrino, then took over again, it stopped. So, yeah, it's something that Southampton Football Club prides itself on, of having a good academy and giving youth team players a chance. It's something that we haven't been able to do in the past couple of seasons. And and by appointing someone like Hasenhusel, I think um, I think that will just realign, realign that ethos of the club and, and the fans love to see a player play from the youth, youth academy. So the more players he can bring through and develop and, and, and become first team regulars, the better. Cool. Any final thoughts on all this? Just looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing how how this this transpires. As I said, we've got a big game against Cardiff on uh, on Saturday and, and and Tottenham on Wednesday. But Calvin Davis is in charge of that game. We're still awaiting the official confirmation, so I'm I'm still uh, still a little bit uh, just <laughs> just sat on the edge of my seat just in case. But I'm 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 fairly confident that that he will come in. And yeah, I'm just excited to see how it transpires and uh, and hopefully Saints can and can pull away from from the drop zone and, and start looking towards uh, sort of mid-table and then hopefully next season we can become a, a competitive side once again. Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, Sam. Uh, where should people find you and is there anything you're working on? Um, yeah, just uh, at Fresh Saints on Twitter and on my own handle, as you said, at the start of the show, at Mr. Sam Ecox, just uh, Saints views, Saints articles and uh, just uh, everything for Saints really we cover. So um, yeah, that's where to find me on Twitter. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Fantastic debut. And hopefully we'll get to speak to you again. Yeah, hopefully. I'd love to come back on. Thank you for having me. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.